Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects 
vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert in the beautiful state of Arizona, I'm your host Ryan Gable and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact us tonight, you can email the show at rdgable, rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media on Gab and Gitter, as well as facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. You can also check out our Patreon page for behind-the-scenes content. Support our affiliate Pro One Water Filters. There is a link on our website. And grab copies of my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. We ship those around the world, and those are in soft cover and digital form. When you buy a book, you support the show, and you help keep us on air Monday through Friday. I'd like to welcome all of you to the broadcast whenever and wherever you are listening around the world, from Japan to Australia to the UK to South America to the United States and Canada. Welcome to the broadcast and wherever you are listening to this show in the digital world, whether you're listening on the Apple or Google or Spotify podcast player or radio player Please leave us a review to let us and others know what you think about the show. It just takes a second. Scroll down to the bottom of the page and let us know what you think of that particular broadcast that you just listened to or the one you're listening to now and leave us a couple of stars to help promote the show on those platforms. If you're listening to the ad-free archive, thank you so much for going to the website and finding us there. And, of course, if you'd like to get rid of all of those pesky advertisements in the free archive that we have monetized, you can subscribe to the full show archive at www.thesecretteachings.info. You get a private RSS feed. You get access to the full archive to download and stream the ad-free show. You get that embedded player there on the website, and you get access to our montage archive, as well as digital copies of all of my books, which is pretty much worth the yearly subscription in and of itself, because these are big, big books, and there's a lot of content in them. www.thesecretteachings.info And the Jordan Maxwell Memorial Show from last Friday is still downloading and streaming very well, so I appreciate you going and listening to that broadcast. We had Brad Olson, Leo Zagami, and so many others on to talk about the life of Jordan Maxwell, and I know that Jordan was instrumental And as they say, waking up or making aware so many people in the world and so many people that listen to this network and so many people that listen to this radio show, Jordan was a a friend of ours here on The Secret Teachings, and he will be missed. But I know that Jordan Maxwell, not in any religious sense, Jordan Maxwell must be in a better place and have access to infinite amounts of information now. So our hearts and our minds go out to Jordan, and I did receive word from his family that they are going to keep the research website and his other website uh, active, and they're going to link it to what Leo Zagami was talking about, a new order that they've created, 
and they're going to have the websites redirected. So I just found that out last night, and I wanted to share that with you. So the work of Maxwell will go on. I told you last night that I took a little camping trip, and I hope that you enjoyed the show last night because I thought that it was a very important show considering the biblical, theological, and religious portents that we've been seeing for the last three to four weeks, from bleeding statues to divine lightning to demons coming out of rocks, and we've seen those same demons in movies and TV shows. It's like we're being told something. It's like we're being shown something. It's like we're being made aware of something, that something big and something important is happening. And it could be catastrophic. It could be incredibly chaotic and destructive. What it is, I don't know. I think we're in the middle of it. And I think those biblical signs, including the red light in the sky over Texas, over several parts of Texas, including Houston, which was also seen in Egypt at the beginning of the spring equinox, which is really fascinating considering that if we go back into biblical times, it's likely that the, the exodus out of Egypt took place around this time. And in fact, the Jews today celebrate their Pesach or their Passover on the Ides of April, the first month of spring. And a few days after that, we celebrate our Easter. For those of you who might be Christian or those of you who just like the celebration and the tradition. So we have a red light over Egypt And that red light over Egypt signifies the pillar of light that guided the Israelites through the desert after they left Egypt. Around this same time, and we see a red light in the sky, a fiery pillar, a pillar of fire from Exodus in real life, around the time of the Exodus. That is a very important portent, a very important symbol, a very important sigil and something that is, let's call it esoteric, let's call it occult, let's call it mythical, mystical. It's something that is beyond the physical. We can't figure out what it is, so we classify it as being an anomaly. We classify it as being something that is perhaps paranormal. We don't have an explanation for it. And there are a lot of things we don't have explanation for uh, that we consider to be paranormal. And I talked last night about what a skeptic is nowadays. A skeptic is somebody who apparently is just anti any explanation that isn't extremely mundane. Even if science can explain something as a field of study and observation and hypothesis and theory and experimentation, If something even hints at an otherworldly origin, another dimensional origin, even though that is the basis for modern physics, quantum mechanics, other worlds, other dimensions, if anything hints at that, even if it's physics, skeptics nowadays just dismiss everything. There were skeptics of that red light. Meteorologists said, hey, we think it's ice crystals and cold air and then light passing through it. And that does happen. That does create light pillars. But over Egypt, during the Exodus, before the Passover, that's a very, very interesting thing, I think. And I don't know if 
even though science can perhaps explain it, I don't know if that's just an accident. That seems like there may be some form of divine intervention, if you will. And these are the kinds of things that we look at within the world of of the paranormal and we look at within the world of uh, what you might call ufology. People say the red light's a UFO. I don't know how a pillar of light is a UFO. We need to get our, our, our dialogue straight. I try to do that on this show. We need to get our dialogue straight. Every flash of light in the sky is a UFO. Now, sometimes a flash of light in the sky is just a flash of light. Sometimes it's space debris burning up in the atmosphere. That's not a flying saucer. Sometimes it's the moon. It's not a flying saucer, although maybe the moon is also hollow according to NASA. But the moon in the sky is not a flying saucer flying over your head at the very least. It might be alien, but it definitely isn't a flying saucer. We need to get our terminology right. If we don't have the language right, we're not going to be able to understand or communicate. And sometimes, even language and and the way that we communicate is inadequate to describe some of these bizarre, paranormal, uh, ufology-related phenomena. Sometimes things just, you, you cannot explain them with words. And even though science might be able to explain them, you really just, it's, it's beyond comprehension. And that's why we call certain things miracles, because we just can't figure out a way to describe them. Now, there are other things that happen that are certainly scientific in nature, in the sense that they are physical, mechanical, material, we just don't have an explanation for them. To this day, we still do not have an explanation for crop formations. It's not two guys in a field with a two-by-four. You can make a crop formation with a two-by-four, but that's not what is completely responsible for all of these crop formations. They go back to the famous mowing devil hundreds of years ago. We also don't have an explanation for cattle mutilations. It's not satanic cults. And although if an animal dies, there may be insects and other animals that come and eat away some of the flesh and the skin, but animals typically don't bring surgical equipment and surgically remove with expert precision sexual organs from the animal or core out the rectum or surgically remove the tongue. Animals don't do that. So the skeptics and the scientists say, these are just dead animals. And other animals come and eat them, and insects eat them. And that's why they look the way they do. Certainly, certainly. If you've ever been on a farm, if you've ever been on a ranch, you've ever seen a dead, dead animal, you've been on an open range, you've probably seen a dead animal. There's a huge difference between a dead animal and a cattle that has been mutilated in a classical way. Big difference, right? Big difference. So as I said a moment ago, I went camping the other day. And when I was out there, we were on an open range. And we saw a bunch of of, of cows that were grazing in and out of the campsite. We saw a lot of baby cows too. And there was actually a little little baby cow that uh, we think ripped apart our friend's uh, uh, tarp that they had under their tent. Because we came back from shooting and their tarp was ripped apart and it was all over 
all over the campsite. And so they, they picked it up and they, they were looking at it. It had big like teeth marks in it. It had been chewed, chewed apart. And we think this little baby cow came over and, and, and ripped it apart because the, the little baby came over later again at the, to the same tent and was playing with it. And we thought he was coming back for more. And then we, I remember the, the sound of the, the mother cow. You could hear the mother cow over, over the little hill just go, mmm, and like a really angry moo. And this little baby cow just went shooting over the, the hill. It was in, I, guess, I guess he or she was in big trouble. But I, look at these, these cattle and these, look at these cows. And I was thinking back, we were telling scary stories and talking about UFOs. And one thing we didn't talk about was cattle mutilations, which I thought would have been a perfect topic considering we're surrounded by cattle in the middle of the night. And cattle mutilations, I think, are perhaps the best proof of something otherworldly that maybe it's human today. You know, you have the mill lab theory. But this goes back hundreds of years as well. Cattle mutilations. This isn't a new thing, a moo thing. This is an old thing like crop formations. A lot of people don't realize that crop formations, cattle mutilations, and unidentified flying objects, some of these reports go back hundreds of years. In the case of some UFOs, they go back to pre-biblical times. Now, could those things seen in pre-biblical times be comets? Absolutely, they could be comets. Most likely, they were comets because comets were portents of the fall of kings and queens, the fall of empires, and destructive events that were both natural and or perhaps artificial in the sense that they were uh, man-made uh, events, you know, collapsing of, of cities or towns, destructive events that destroy part of civilization, uh, anything from floods to fires, uh, famines, disease, etc. Comets can signal all of that. In fact, a comet could be largely responsible for many of the plagues brought upon Egypt, including the plague of what we call the moraine. The moraine is now an antiquated term, but it means an infectious disease affecting cattle and sheep. And this is the fifth plague in Egypt, the murrain, the murrain, murrain, the murrain. This is basically a pestilence or a plague that spreads through domestic animals. This plague was brought to Egypt by God. That's why tonight's show is called the murrain of beasts. The pestilence, the disease of beasts. Now, as we go through the show tonight, the beasts are going to transform from cows and cattle into humans. We know that animal experimentation for vaccines and other things is, is really popular with, with cattle. In fact, the idea of a vaccine goes back to this guy named Jenner who developed the original vaccines, one of the original vaccines, he's credited with it anyway, um, from cattle and uh, studying dairy maids. You might know that story. I'll tell you about it a little bit later. But cattle, cows, this is where we get vaccines from. So cattle, cows still are experimented on with vaccines. And just like we watch cattle and, and cows to see if they have disease, and if that disease is present in a animal population, then it might 
therefore be an indication, a portent, that something is coming for humans. That's the mainline theory, anyway. And so we likewise experiment with vaccines on cattle. And those vaccines for cattle could be for any number of things. Uh, Last year, there was a study conducted on cattle by the USDA, and they've experimented with a new vaccine. Again, I'll tell you about that again tonight as well. And uh, so this is something that's that's modern, that's that's still happening today. Just a few months ago, there was a USDA experiment on cattle for uh, vaccines. And so we look at the cattle to see, okay, if they're sick, maybe humans will be sick, especially if we, we eat those, those animals. And uh, we kind of use them as a marker to see if there's, uh, you know, the presence of disease in a community. And we can do the same thing with vaccines. Monitor the, the cattle with the vaccines. And, and some might say, you know, if you're experimenting with uh, vaccines on these cattle, uh, maybe that could also spread those vaccines to humans. How? Well, National Geographic published an article on the 18th of March that I really hope that you read. If you didn't, we're going to read some of this article on the show tonight because it's so big and not just in terms of text, but it's so big in terms of what it is saying and what it is implying and how it is confirming and vindicating years of radio shows like The Secret Teachings. Here is the first paragraph. Imagine a cure that's as contagious as the disease it fights, a vaccine that could replicate in a host's body and spread to others nearby, quickly and easily protecting a whole population from microbial attacks. They call it the self-spreading vaccine. And there was a trial conducted on this back in the 1990s. So this isn't even a new concept. In 1999, in Spain, rabbits were tested on with a self-spreading vaccine. Basically, a self-spreading vaccine, which is going to isolate This is what they say. A self-spreading vaccine is going to isolate a protein from the so-called microbe, which will serve as an antigen to trigger an immune response in people or animals. So the protein that they isolate, like the spike protein in COVID-19 vaccines, it conditions and programs your body to produce that protein, right? And they want to do the same thing with self-spreading vaccines. So that means a self-spreading vaccine is, in essence, a genetically modified vaccine that spreads through the air. In other words, a self-spreading vaccine that spreads through the air that's genetically modified, that's not using a, a microbe or a virus, is ultimately a synthetic biological substance that can be spread through the air like smart dust, Infecting animals, humans, insects, and plants. That's a real possibility. That's a very, 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 very real possibility. Now, my belief is they've already unleashed a self-spreading vaccine, but it's not a vaccine. It's actually a self-spreading synthetic biological agent. And since we have not agreed to it, and if it hasn't actually been released, since we will not all agree to it, then we're probably going to be 
told that this is something that's never going to happen, but it is possible to get us used to the idea that the technology exists to do it, perhaps to set up a terrorist group, if a terrorist group were to launch such a biosynthetic attack. Or maybe if the Russians were to launch a biosynthetic attack using such technology, a contagious, self-spreading vaccine. They say they're genetically altering the virus, they're taking proteins from microbes, and they're spreading it in the air, and it's not really a vaccine, that's just the name they're giving to it. It's a biosynthetic weapon. It's a bioagent that they've created synthetically in a laboratory, and they are spreading it in the atmosphere. Now, this isn't officially happening in humans, but it has happened in animals. It happened in 1999. And there's a good chance that that so-called gain-of-function research, or call it by another name, in both Wuhan, China, and in these biological laboratories in Ukraine, was not studying some virus or bacteria They're taking things that are natural that might not cause disease, altering them genetically, and then releasing them to target certain populations and to do so genetically, to target certain genetic populations. A genetic, synthetic, biological weapon. And it's being tested in animals. It was tested in 1999 in rabbits in Spain. And now it's being discussed again, to use this technology to test this in animals. One of the animals they'd likely test this in are bovine, cows. And if we saw a bunch of cows start dying, we might know that this test is underway. And that's precisely what we've seen over the last two years. Lots and lots of cattle dying across the country, particularly a high concentration of cattle dying in the Pacific Northwest. There was just another cattle mutilation up in Oregon four days before this article from the National Geographic. Now, you might say, what does a cattle mutilation have to do with a self-spreading vaccine? Not the same thing. Well, not necessarily the same thing, but they use the cattle to experiment on. And it's very likely that these cattle have their sexual organs and other parts of their bodies, tongues and eyes removed to study them to see what the effect was of a regular vaccine, a self-spreading vaccine, or anything else that's being tested on that animal. Something to think about here on The Secret Teachings tonight. The murren of beasts. Ultimately, we are the beasts. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Check out our show archive and my books and our t-shirts at www.thesecretteachings.info and stay with us. There's more after this. It's The Secret Teachings Radio, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, exclusively airing on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is The Secret Teachings Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the name and start listening today for free. But if you want to avoid those annoying ads, head on over to thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive. It's got old shows, new shows, and you can also download Ryan's digital books. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? The end of the world? If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of my research in your hands, visit our website and grab physical and digital copies of my books. 
Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, theology, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. And food philosophy might just change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Remember, shipping is always included with the books. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and get your copy today. The Secret Teachings is now on Gab and Getter. Search Ryan Gable on both to find the show or stick with The Secret Teachings in the Metaverse. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Do you have everything you need to explore The Secret Teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? Hey, this is Charlie Robinson, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is David Icke from DavidIcke.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. Over the last two years, going back 10 years plus, a number of cattle have been mutilated across the country and in the Pacific Northwest in particular. Just a few days ago, March 14th, two weeks ago, the Ides of March, a mutilated bull mysteriously turned up dead at a ranch in Bear Valley with surgically removed body parts. According to the Oregon State Police log, a rancher called a John Day Wildlife Trooper to report that a bull had been killed and mutilated on his ranch with his testicles, scrotum, tongue, and lips precisely surgically removed. Matt Carter, a rancher from the Crown Cattle Company, said he reported the mutilation to the state's wildlife trooper after discovering the dead bull roughly a quarter to a half mile from his house. The cause of death is unknown. The bull had, of course, been dead for several days. By the time these reports are made, because if you have a big open range, you don't find the cattle for some time, You know they might have already decomposed some, which leads many to believe that this is the responsible element in the cattle mutilation saga, and that is a cattle dies, you don't find it right away, animals and insects get to it, it eats away the, the lips, it eats away 
some of the, the skin and, and, and the flesh, and then you get this mutilated cattle. You get this mutilated bull, and you, you get this thing that looks like you know aliens went at it. Of course, if something dies, like I've seen a dead cow before. It was out on uh, Highway 375 near Rachel, Nevada, last time I was out there. And when I was, we were, we were driving through the, the Rachel area and we saw this cow on the side of the road and we were just jokingly saying, we were thinking, I wonder if this cow was mutilated. And so we got out of the car and we went to look at the cow and it was not mutilated, but it had parts of its body that had, of course, you know, decomposed. And then also the intense sunlight there in the desert just, you know, melted this thing and, uh, you could tell that the in, I mean, there were insects on it when we got over to it, and you could tell animals had had their go at it, but it wasn't a cattle that had been mutilated in the traditional ufology sense, if you will. There's a big difference. It's like with a crop formation. There's a big difference between somebody with a two-by-four smashing crops down and a crop formation that appears sometimes in seconds that is radioactive, or there are radioactive elements in the soil out of nowhere, where batteries in cell phones and cameras drain when you walk into that formation, where someone walks into it even without those batteries, without those phones and cameras, and they get sick, and maybe they start vomiting, or helicopters fly over, and it's like the Bermuda Triangle, their instruments malfunction, where the crop is bent but not broken and still continues to grow, where you have expulsion cavities where water superheats and then explodes out the side of the weakest part of the stock, these are elements of a, quote, real crop formation. A lot different than one where a two-by-four presses down the crop and makes a rudimentary kind of arbitrary formation, although people have gotten better at doing these over the years. Companies actually do them to advertise now, or they have in the past. So this isn't something that we can simply say is easily explained by a two-by-four. We cannot say cattle mutilations likewise are explained by the two-by-four explanation. The two-by-four explanation for cattle is some animals got to the cow and they ate around its eyes and its lips. It's an easy explanation. Nothing else to think about. And I'd imagine as a ranch owner, you know, you have a lot of money invested in these cattle. Unless you have an inquisiting mind, if you're just all about business, and, and I don't know if cattle ranchers have, you know, insurance on their bulls for predators. I, I don't know how that works, honestly. But I'd, I'd imagine if you do have, you know, insurance or you have some, there, there's money involved in, in some capacity. Obviously, if you own it and it dies, you're losing money. But you, you might want to not have an investigation and just say, yes, predators got it. You collect the insurance money. If you, if you do get insurance money on that, I, I don't know if anybody knows that, please let me know. RDGable at yahoo.com. I don't know if ranchers have insurance on their bulls. I'd imagine they, they, that they, they do. I mean, there's companies that sell you UFO abduction insurance. I think you can get insurance on anything. So I think a, a rancher would probably want an investigation to be over pretty quickly. Um, it would also, no pun intended, behoove, behoove the rancher. It would behoove the rancher to not have a lot of attention probably drawn uh, to their cattle, especially if more than a few cattle die. That looks bad on the rancher. 
So it's a matter of money. It's a matter of ego. It's a matter of perhaps, um, you know, wanting to, to keep your name and your property out of the news, not wanting reporters snooping around because you know how people get about things like this. A lot of reasons. Probably don't want an investigation. If you can collect the insurance money, it's just, you know, quick and easy, predator, whatever. There's no, no, nothing to look at here. And all these cases of, of cattle mutilations are, are almost the same in the sense that we hear about them so frequently, but they happen so often that we ha- we've lost interest in the cattle mutilation. We've lost interest in crop formations. I did a show on this called Grudge Report 13 last year. Actually, maybe that was two years ago. It might have been two years ago. And I made the same argument. In fact, I'm going to look that up while I, while, I, while I talk here. I made the same argument. I said, we don't care about crop formations anymore. We don't care about cattle mutilations anymore. We barely cared about UFOs until the Pentagon said, hey, let's investigate the UFO. Let's investigate the UAP. And now it's on the front page of every newspaper. You know, it's started out on uh, the New York Times and now... The Pentagon has, you know, essentially opened an investigative branch to investigate these these unidentified flying objects, these UAPs. And on Friday last week, I mentioned this last night, Friday last week, a redacted classified UFO report actually came out on the the uh, the shapes and the unexplained phenomena that is the UAP. It was uh, published online by John Greenwald. He got it from an FOIA request. It's a, a public version now, a shorter public version of um, and redacted, though, uh, of what came out in uh, June, July of last year. Those few pages that the public got to see as opposed to what Congress got to see. So, you know, people are really interested in the UFO, but we are abandoning the crop formations and the cattle mutilations, which I think are integrant parts of uh, this this paranormal uh, parapsychological, uh, uh, maybe even conspiratorial, but certainly anomalous uh, 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 thing that is and has been happening for hundreds, in, in the case of unidentified flying objects, thousands of years. And although there are natural explanations, a comet, yes, and a guy with a two-by-four, yes, and insects and animals eating you know, away the flesh and the skin, yes, but that does not account for some UFOs. That does not account for some crop formations. That does not account for some cattle mutilations. And we could just call them mutilations. Because if you've ever read the story about the man in White Sands, New Mexico, who was abducted by a UFO, who was a military officer, then my God... You're missing half the story. It's not just cattle. I found the show. It was back September 9th of 2020. Grudge Report 13, Harvest of Flesh and Crop. This is what I said about the show, and this actually will give you a little bit of a story on that Grudge Report 13. It's a U.S. Air Force document. You can find this even on the History Channel. And it documents the abduction and mutilation of Sergeant Jonathan P. Lovett at White Sands, New Mexico in the 1950s. Lovett's body was found as cattle have been found around the world for decades. And recently, with over 100 horses in France, back in 2020, 100 horses turned up dead. Tongue removed, organs missing, 
and a cord rectum with no blood in the body. The body was completely drained of blood in the horses, and the cows, etc. And a cord rectum means they literally cord out the rectum, literally. Despite the blood being drained, there was also no vascular collapse. Very similar to the crop formations. You know, the crop gets bent down, the water comes out of the expulsion cavity because it, it superheats very quickly and it comes out the weakest part of the stock, but the crop keeps growing even though it's been bent over. A two-by-four crushes it, breaks it. The water doesn't come out. There's a big difference. In a true cattle mutilation, the vascular collapse does not occur as would be the case if you brought hospital equipment in and tried to suck the blood out of the body. The suction and the pressure would collapse the vascular system. That doesn't happen in cattle mutilations. This is something more advanced. Grudge Report 13, Air Force document. Jonathan Lovett, 1950s. And Jonathan Lovett had his anus cord out. What happened in the story was they were out there looking for, uh, I believe they were looking for uh, uh, munitions debris because it's a testing site out there, White Sands. And uh, his, his partner, Major William Cunningham, reported hearing screams, and he thought that Lovett had been bitten by a snake or something. So he goes running over the, the dune, over the little hill, and he sees what he described as he froze in fear, a low-flying disc picking up the sergeant with a metallic-like, serpent-like arm, something like from War of the Worlds. While much of the UFO community searches for evidence for disclosure in secret Pentagon programs or TV shows, it really seems that most of the credible evidence of something odd comes in the form of broken stocks and cord rectums. A lot of the evidence for these bizarre phenomena comes in the form of crops and cattle, not congressmen, not the Pentagon investigating UAPs and Tic Tacs. The proof comes in the form of declassified military documents. The proof comes in the form of so many cases just from the military, not from civilians or other credible members of the public, just from the military and, and, and outstanding reporting like very intricate detailing of what happened. That we are really, really silly to focus our attention on what is the Pentagon saying now? Not that we shouldn't listen to the Pentagon. Let's hear what they have to say. But a UAP report given to Congress and the, the redacted version coming out Friday. I'm glad Greenwald got this thing. But that, this doesn't explain anything. We told you what this report would be. It would be vague. It would be misleading. It would imply the need for further investigation. It would imply the need potentially for defense against these things that we cannot explain or identify. But it will not give us any more information than that. Because this is the slow drip official disclosure from the government that will ultimately have political benefit for some. It will ultimately have economic benefit for some. Political benefit from those in government, economic benefit from those that run the multinational corporations, particularly the aerospace industry, which if anybody is experimenting with downed flying saucers, it's the aerospace industry. Cattle mutilations 
are one of those things that we just seem to have forgotten about. And it's really interesting that there's there's more cattle mutilations this month of March because today's date, by the way, March 30th. It's interesting because coming up in two weeks is the Passover. And a few weeks ago, right before the spring equinox, a red pillar of light appeared in Egypt. Another one a few days later in Texas. But the one in Egypt is interesting to me because it signified in the Bible an exodus a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And this red light pops up over Egypt during the spring equinox as we approach Passover and Easter. And the Pesach, the Passover, is when Jews celebrate the escape from captivity in Egypt. And if you remember the story of Exodus, you have the plagues that were brought upon Egypt. Plagues that included a number of different things, including boils, the firstborn. It also includes the murrain of cattle. The murrain of cattle is a pestilence or a plague brought upon the cattle of Egypt. And here is a story that when you read it, you realize there are a lot of scientific explanations for what happened in Egypt. If you've read the Colburn Bible, they explicitly say it's not a comet, but there is a scientific element to the way that that story is told in the Colburn Bible, which is a compilation of uh, Egyptian texts and, and Celtic texts. It's a really interesting book if you can get a copy of it. But if you read Exodus, if you read the story of the plagues, if you read the story of the Marina cattle, you learn about what God did to those that kept the Jews in captivity. And some people might suggest that this is more abnormal or paranormal, if you will, and that these were really UFOs that led the Israelites out of Egypt, and these were really uh, biological weapons and all kinds of other science fiction-like things that happened to the Egyptians. I'm not sure if I buy that angle. I'm just saying it's interesting that you have this pillar of red light right before the Pesach or the Passover, and part of the Exodus story includes the plagues brought upon Egypt, which includes the murren of cattle or the murren of beasts. And this month we have more cattle mutilations in the United States. This occurred in Oregon, probably late February, early March. It was reported March 14th. And there is no cause of death for this bull that was mysteriously mutilated with testicles, scrotum, tongue, and lips precisely removed. Again, precisely removed, surgically removed, not removed by some animals ripping and tearing at them, gnashing teeth. No, precisely removed with precision. That is not something that an animal is going to do. Cattle mutilations are not new. Cattle mutilations go back dozens, if not hundreds of years. They really, really got public attention in the 1970s, especially in the American heartland. In 1979, thousands of reported cattle mutilations had been documented, at least by the 80s. Millions of dollars in livestock losses had been calculated. The FBI decided to open up an investigation 
focusing on a series of cases reportedly that took place in New Mexico on Indian lands. If you go back to 2019, in Sylvie's Valley Ranch in Oregon, five young purebred bulls showed up dead on the ranch. They were drained of blood and had body parts precisely removed. That is the word that you get in every article that you read, every single story, every single news report. They always say precisely removed or they say surgically removed, whether that's NBC, the History Channel, NPR, all of them. Local news, national news, precisely removed. And that's important because there's a difference between animals eating away at the carcass and something being precisely removed with surgical precision. There's a difference between a crop being bent over with a two-by-four and breaking and dying and a crop being bent over by a mysterious unseen force, water exploding from the weakest part of the stock because it's been superheated instantaneously and the crop continuing to grow. Oh, and batteries draining and people getting sick if they enter into the crop formation. That doesn't happen when Joe Sixpack takes a two-by-four and smashes down the crop. Big difference. The public doesn't know that, so when these events happen, we don't hear about crop formations very often, but when cattle are mutilated, it's always kind of mysterious. There's always that line in this this article or this news story about how, well, some people believe UFOs did it, and everybody laughs and then moves on. But something is responsible for the surgical removal of blood in a way where there is no vascular collapse, no drops of blood. Even forensic experts can't find blood at the scene, even if it's been cleaned up. There's, there's no sign. There's no evidence of blood. Some of these cattle are dropped from tree lines, so they've been dropped from above, and they have broken bones in their body. I mean, these, some of these things weigh thousands of pounds. Who's picking these things up and dropping them? There's cases where they're dropped through uh, through trees, and they break the branches on the trees. Clearly, this cow was dropped from above the tree line breaks these branches on a tree, and then splat on the ground. That's different than an animal dying, decomposing, being exposed to the sun, or the other elements could be cold and snow, and then some animals eating away at it. Big difference, right? This was a big story. Five young purebred bulls dead on the Sylvie's Valley Ranch in Oregon back in 2019. Drained of blood, body parts removed. Now, that story was reported on October 8th, but it goes back to the summer of 2019. Back in the 1980s, a cow was mysteriously killed overnight in the same area near Pendleton, Oregon, on a ranch. Terry Anderson, who owned the cow, said there was not a, quote, drop of blood anywhere. Forensics can't find blood. Investigators can't find blood. The blood is just gone. No vascular collapse. Here's a report from early 2020. Another mutilated cow in central Oregon rattles ranchers. Rancher Stephen Roth is rattled by the recent slaying of one of his cows near Hampton, Oregon. He said, you're scared to go out without a gun. Even with a gun, I'd be pretty scared. The cow was mutilated in a remote stretch of the U.S. Bureau of Land Management land in northern Lake County. This is a direct quote from the news report, OPB News local there in Oregon. Their tongues, genitals, and blood were removed. Ranchers say scavengers like birds and coyotes didn't touch the animals. 
which is interesting because that's usually the explanation. I mean, ranchers know if a cattle dies, which happens all the time, that, you know, coyotes, birds, they're going to come and they're going to eat some of the body. I mean, insects is going to eat, eat away some of the flesh and the, the eyes and stuff. It's natural. But not when their sexual organs are precisely surgically removed in a way that's better than the, the best surgeon in the country or the world. All right, so, something else is doing this, and it's not a coyote. Plus, there's no blood. Animals tend to make a mess. You ever seen, like, we just watched this documentary on polar bears. And, um, you know, polar bears, they got this white, you know, coat, and they ripped apart a seal, and there's just blood everywhere. That's what happens when predators eat. There's blood everywhere. They're, they're not sucking the blood out of the victim, and they're not doing it, certainly without some form of vascular collapse. Although, it has been documented that mosquitoes can drain a full-grown horse of its blood. But even in that case, you know, uh, we have to find out whether or not there's been a vascular collapse because that is, I think, a defining factor in what is a a real cattle mutilation and what is one where it's just a cow that died, you know, a bull that died. Big difference, again. There's never any tracks, footprints, ATV prints, or anything. And uh, it's really interesting in this story, one of Roth's ranch hands, Caden Weiberg, found the cow. And when he touched the cow, just a little bit later, he started throwing up. He got really sick from touching the cow. He was the only person on the ranch who got sick. So others were around the cow. They didn't get sick, but he got sick after he touched it. I think that's interesting because, I mean, I, I feel like living on a ranch, you know, you just like living on a farm, you don't get sick that often. And if you do, it's probably not from the typical things people get sick from. And then you go touch this mysteriously mutilated animal and you get sick, but nobody else touched it. Nobody else gets sick. That That's kind of a creepy, mysterious thing to think about. So we've got recent mutilations. Bear Valley, Oregon. The Crown Cattle Company, testicles, scrotum, tongue, and lips precisely removed. We've got Sylvie's Valley Ranch, five purebred bulls back in 2019. Hampton, Oregon, rancher Stephen Roth, cow mutilated, same thing, tongue, genitals, blood, all removed. In El Paso County, Colorado, back in 2020, 30 cattle were found dead on a rancher's property not far from the Shriver Air Force Base, which is also very interesting. Right off Highway 94 near North Curtis Road in El Paso County, according to the Sheriff's Office. 30. That's 30 cattle mutilated. Going back to 2009, Manuel Sanchez found his fourth mysteriously slaughtered calf in just a few weeks. This calf, likewise, had been killed overnight, Innards missing, tongue sliced out, udders carefully removed, facial skin sliced and gone, eyes cored away, not a single track surrounding the carcass, which were found in pastures locked behind two gates and a mile from any road, not a drop of blood on the ground or even on the remaining skin. Now that is all of the information you need to know to know that this was not satanic cults. This was not birds and coyotes. This was surgical, this was precise, 
This was planned. And this is very, very, very paranormal. Very abnormal. But this is not the first time it's happened. Manuel Sanchez, he lost four calves. But going back to the 1960s, up until 2009, as of this article, cattle have been sliced up in Colorado for over 60 years now. Bloodless, trackless, and isolated scenes. Ears, genitals, tongues, organs, and udders all removed. They even began to refer to whatever was cutting up these cattle as the phantom surgeons of the plains. Here's another one, 2021. This is from the Associated Press, Prineville, Oregon. Over three months, February, March, and April, seven animals found mutilated on ranch land in Central Oregon's Crook County. The Northwest News Network reported, picked up by the AP. In most cases, the dead animal's sex organs, tongue, or eyes are cut away cleanly, and there is no blood. Minnesota, New Mexico, Oregon, all have experienced cases of these mutilations. Another one, a black Angus bull out of the Thomas Angus Ranch, a purebred bull worth $4,500, mutilated on August 14th on the Green Bar Ranch in Wheeler County, Oregon. Its tongue, nose, left cheek, ear, eye, reproductive organs, and part of its tail were removed with clean cuts. North Dakota, another case, Brian Amundsen, owner of Bar 5 or Bar V Ranch in Stutzman County, found a mutilated cattle as well. And back in 2020, there were uh, hundreds of horses killed and cows were killed and drained of their blood by swarms of insects. Again, is there vascular drainage? Uh, is there vascular collapse? If there is, then maybe the blood was drained by these mosquitoes. But if it's not, then it might not have been the mosquitoes. It might have been something more mysterious. These cattle mutilations are portent of other things, too, because we know cattle are tested on and experimented on for different kinds of vaccines. And now with self-replicating, self-spreading vaccines, one has to ask the question. And now with self-spreading vaccines, one has to ask the question. When we start to see cattle die consistently across the country and other animals die and are mutilated, it's not that they're dying because they're being experimented on with a vaccine It's that they're being experimented on and then they are being abducted and they're having their organs removed to be experimented on to see what effect the concoction had on the animal. This is part of the mill lab theory or the military abduction theory, which also includes the idea of alien intelligences working along with our military to conduct these experiments looking into zoonosis where human diseases have a relationship with animals. I'm going to tell you more about this zoonotic research and what the National Geographic reported on a few days ago, self-spreading vaccines genetically modified to spread animal-to-animal, human-to-human with no injection. The murren of beasts. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. We are all the beasts and we are all being experimented on in some way, shape, or form. We only have to look to the cattle to figure out what's happening. 
please leave us a review on the mini radio and podcast players. Check out our website for my books and our advertisement free archive www.thesecretteachings.info. There's more after this. Stay with us. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available as TST Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the show name and start listening today for free. And if you want to avoid those annoying ads, visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our ad-free archive with some of our older shows included. You'll get a private RSS feed and access to the Montage Archive and my digital books. Subscribe today or listen to the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, grab a physical and digital copy of his books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey there, this is Greg Carlwood of the Higher Side Chats, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. At thesecretteachings.info in our free archive with embed player and RSS feed. 
on the mini radio and podcast players where you can leave us a review and a couple of stars. I'd appreciate if you do that to let other people know what you think of the show to help promote our show on those platforms. Or if you're listening in the ad free archive at the secret teachings.info where you get the private RSS feed, the embed player to download and stream every episode, plus our montages and my books in digital form at www.thesecretteachings.info. It's because of you and those of you who buy my books and support this show in other ways that we can do what we do five nights a week, Monday through Friday, and bring you topics like the Murren of Beasts. That is the name of tonight's broadcast. We've got a number of cattle that have turned up dead and mutilated across the United States over the last 60-plus years. We have a number of cattle that have turned up dead and mutilated in the Pacific Northwest and other parts of the country just in the last few years. And we have a new story in mid-March. No explanation in Bear Valley, Oregon. According to Oregon State Police, a rancher called John Day, wildlife trooper, to report a bull that had been killed and mutilated on his ranch. The testicles, the scrotum, the tongue, and the lips precisely removed. That's not a one-off story. These cases go back to the 1970s. The FBI actually opened an investigation in the 70s. They closed it officially in early 1980. But they investigated these cattle mutilations in places like New Mexico. The Sylvie's Valley Ranch saw five young purebred bulls mysteriously show up dead back in 2019. In the same area back in the 1980s, cows also mysteriously turned up dead. You can imagine how they turned up dead with genitals, tongue, eyes, etc. surgically removed. Uh, Rancher Stephen Roth lost a cow in 2020, also mutilated, right around the U.S. Bureau of Land Management area in Northern Lake County. Tongues, genitals, blood, all removed from those animals as well as the animals at the Sylvie's Valley Ranch and in Bear Valley, Oregon. A lot of stories in Oregon. Shifting to Colorado, 30 cattle found dead on a rancher's property in rural El Paso County, not far from the Shriver Air Force Base. That was back in 2020, December. In 2009, in December, Manuel Sanchez found his fourth cow in a few weeks, tongue sliced out, innards gone, etc. Udders removed, facial skin sliced and gone, eyes cored out, no tracks surrounding the carcass. Nothing, no evidence was found in the pasture About a mile from the road is where the cow died and the gate was locked and there's no blood on the ground. 2021, over several months in spring of 2021, in Oregon's Crook County, dead animals turned up with sex organs, tongue, and eyes cut away cleanly with no blood. The same has happened in Minnesota, New Mexico, Oregon, all across the country. At the Thomas Angus Ranch in 2021, in Greenbar Ranch, uh, Greenbar Ranch in Wheeler County, Bodie Brown 
whose brother Tanner owned this black Angus bull, found the carcass with a friend, finding that its nose, tongue, left cheek, ear, eye, and reproductive organs and part of its tail were removed with clean cuts. Case in North Dakota in 2021, Brian Amundsen, owner of the Bar V Ranch in Stutzman County, found dead cattle with the same missing body parts. Back in 2020, police probed 153 cases of horse mutilations in France. The AP reported that knives have been used to slash the throats of the horses or slash other parts of the horses, mutilate them. Some of the organs were removed. A horse face uh, was uh, disfigured. One of the horse's faces was disfigured. And uh, blood was drained in another one of the horses. And an ear was cut off and removed. This seemed more like it was a form of barbarism. However, these were 153 horses in different places. Still doesn't seem like it was anything like these other cattle, though. Although back in 2020, a report came out of the Independent. Huge swarms of mosquitoes killed hundreds of horses and cows by draining their blood. 300 to 400 cattle died as a result of that. However, in the cases of cattle mutilations, we usually find that there's no vascular collapse. So anything that we know that sucks the blood out of an animal, you know, or you hit the right artery and the heart pumps the blood out, is likely not responsible for what's causing these cattle mutilations. And again, there's a difference between cattle that have their eyes, tongue, sexual organs, etc., surgically removed, and their blood drained in a way that wouldn't be able to, to you know, occur even in a hospital setting, in a laboratory, you know, as, as far as we understand how these things work in the public, it's just basically implying that there's some more advanced technology responsible for this and, 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 and a, more, a more competent surgical procedure, if you will. There's a difference between that and a cow that dies in the cold or in the heat, decomposes, and then animals come, birds come and eat away different parts of the body. Big difference. There's a big difference between a two-by-four smashing a crop and a crop formation where water superheats and comes out of a weak part of the stock. They call that the expulsion cavity, and the crop continues to grow, and batteries drain in the formation Humans get very sick in the formation. There's radioactive particulate in the formation. There's static electricity you can hear when the formation occurs. Big difference. And we tend to forget about these crop formations and cattle mutilations. Because we're focused on the UAP and the UFO. And also, these crop formations and cattle mutilations are usually written off and dismissed as a hoax. And it's likely that a lot of these ranchers, I don't know if they have insurance on these cattle, these bulls, on these cows, but they want the investigation to be minimal. They don't like people looking into it. It could just be for privacy reasons. It could be because they might not collect the payout if they assume it, you know, if they assume, hey, this definitely wasn't a predator. We know what a predator is. 
Um, let's have an investigation to figure out what this was. You know, they're not going to get the payout from the insurance company if they do have that kind of thing. So, you know, ranchers have a vested interest. They are behooved. They are behooved to not really look much further into it. It's it's sad, and it's, you know, for some ranchers, if they lose more than a couple cattle, it could be financially devastating, but it's not something they want to look into. Certainly not something they want to attribute to otherworldly, you know, creatures or even military operations, because that is, I think, kind of like a black sheep of the UFO community. You know, people want that are, are, are still following the cattle mutilation uh, saga. They, they want the aliens to be responsible. And, you know, you can't get a lot of traction in ufology if you suggest that the military might be partly responsible for killing these cattle. Of course, you have to ask, why would the military want to do that? Well, it's not just some random barbaric act by the military. There's probably a medical and a scientific reason for these experiments. Clearly, these experiments go back hundreds and hundreds of years. And they're not always carried out by the U.S. military. So let's get that straight. Some modern cases might be part of the mill lab explanation and theory, the military abduction theory. And some suggest the military is also working with an alien intelligence to, to study these animals. Others believe aliens are just coming to take body parts to study them or whatever. But these go back hundreds of years. Crop formations go back hundreds of years. UFOs, UAPs, whatever you want to call them, they go back thousands of years. It's likely that crop formations would go back further if, if we you know, had crops you know, at a point in history when we uh, weren't an agricultural people. There's, there's no crop formations, as we know them anyway. You know, we become an agricultural people, and perhaps because we, we are so reliant on big agriculture to feed the world, you know, aliens see this as an opportunity to communicate with us, to target our food supply in a way that doesn't harm us, or even the plants. It doesn't even harm the plants, but to maybe get our attention. Maybe they're trying to tell us something. That's, you know, a theory as well. These things go back... Hundreds of years, though, so it's, it's, it's not all the military. You know, it's like when people say that uh, the mill lab theory doesn't explain anything because we have these cases going back hundreds of years or, or even just you know, decades and decades and decades. I say, well, that doesn't mean that the military might not be part of the modern abduction phenomenon of these cattle and then their mutilation because it's being done in a surgical, scientific way. Whether it's aliens, humans, or both, Something is experimenting on these cattle. And that brings us to the next main topic tonight, and that is the subject of vaccination. Going back to the original vaccination, the original inoculation, it takes us to the ranch. It takes us to the cows and the cattle. Inoculation was the first method of immunization against smallpox a precursor to the modern vaccination. Otherwise known as variolation, it was introduced in England at the beginning of the 18th century. Edward Jenner is usually credited as the originator of inoculation, although others credit the 10th century Chinese. Edward Jenner believed that he could cure smallpox 
or cowpox by using sick cattle. He developed his idea from dairymaids that believed that an attack of cowpox was said to help prevent human smallpox, or at least alleviate the symptoms. Now, Edward Jenner, although he developed these modern inoculations, Edward Jenner did not pass any medical examination necessary to qualify himself as a physician. Now, if you can invent something, if you can help the world, and you're not an engineer or a scientist or a doctor, we would say that's a great thing. But in the modern day, where we put so much emphasis on degrees and diplomas, we probably wouldn't listen to Edward Jenner. We certainly wouldn't let Edward Jenner put stuff on or in our body. He doesn't have a white lab coat on. He's not a doctor. He didn't pass the medical examination. In fact, not only did he not pass the medical examinations to become a physician, but he also um, didn't even qualify um, to be in the Royal Society as a result of any medical matter. So he was in the Royal Society, but not because of investigation into medical subjects. In fact, he was in the Royal Society because he studied the life of the cuckoo. He submitted one paper on vaccines to the Royal Society, which was rejected due to lack of proof. That is the story of Edward Jenner in a nutshell. Edward Jenner did not pass the medical examination. He was not a doctor, but he gave us these wonderful inoculations. He gave us these wonderful immunizations. Today, Bill Gates is not a doctor, but we listen to him. Maybe that's why we listen to Edward Jenner. This whole story is in my book, Food Philosophy. If you're interested in learning or reading more about it, just visit our website and grab a copy there. Food Philosophy, www.thesecretteachings.info. But why do I bring up Edward Jenner? Because Edward Jenner studied cows and thought that the cow could be used to eradicate smallpox by exposing humans, based on his observations of dairymaids, to cowpox. Because the dairymaids seemed to have a resistance to smallpox because they had been around cows that had been sick or quote-unquote infected with cowpox. One of the ways they used to do this for smallpox is they would cut open the pox, the, the, the pustulates, and they would have a device. They would scratch the, the, the skin and pierce the skin of a person who wasn't sick, and then they would take the pus and they would rub it into the, the open wounds on another person. That was supposed to inoculate them. You notice that if you look at the original definition of the word virus, it meant a, a noxious substance. So you're taking this noxious, pussy, bloody substance, and you are spreading it to another person. Hence, the virus spread from person to person. And of course, if you rub feces on your wound or you rub pus from another person on a wound, or you eat it or swallow it, you're probably going to get sick. It's not a virus. It's a noxious substance. Feces, you know, maybe urine of another person, your own urine, but not another person's urine. Fecal material, and of course, pus. You're going to get sick, but that's the original virus transmitting from person to person. Last year in 2021, the USDA, and you can read this on their website, the USDA served up a vaccine cocktail, as they called it, for protecting cattle 
from disease. Scientists with the Agricultural Research Service developed a new experimental vaccine to protect cattle from the bacterium that causes jaundice disease, Mycobacterium avium subs paratuberculosis. Jaundice disease, also known as paratuberculosis, is a chronic intestinal disorder that can cause diarrhea, weight loss, poor health, and sometimes death in afflicted cattle. We might think that some of the cattle who have been mutilated died of disease. And then from exposure in animals and birds, their skin and their organs were eaten and decomposed away. And that gives us a cattle that's been mutilated. Although it's true that a cattle has been mutilated, it's obviously different when the cattle has its blood drained from its body with no vascular collapse. Sexual organs, the anus, are cored out and removed with surgical precision in those areas. And having your eyeball eaten out you know, is a little bit different than having your eyeball surgically removed, wouldn't you say? Or your tongue cut out. A little bit different than having the, the tongue eaten or dry up and decompose. It's a difference there. So here's what the ARS is doing, the Agricultural Research Service and the USDA. This was June of 2021. Rather than use the cells of live but weakened or dead MAP, as has been done with past commercial vaccine formulas, ARS microbiologists Judy Stable and John Bannantyne set their sights on four proteins from the bacterium, which they discovered from prior research to sequence and characterize its genome or its genetic makeup so that they could use these proteins in developing a vaccine that would have the body produce the proteins rather than a live but weakened virus that goes into the body and trains the body to respond to it. This is the traditional vaccine as we know it. The original was Edward Jenner, but the traditional vaccine as we know it is a live but weakened or dead virus. Now they're looking to focus on proteins. And they've isolated four proteins from this MAP, and they want to put this into the bodies of cows to see if it can prevent them from developing this paratuberculosis. We need to think about that for a second. They are experimenting with protein-specific vaccines on cattle, hoping that this will provide the cattle protection from things like paratuberculosis. They're not looking at the way that cattle are kept. They're not looking at the antibiotics that cattle are given. They're not looking at the way that cattle are living in terrible, unsanitary, disgusting, anxiety and stress-inducing conditions. They're not looking at the things the cattle are eating usually things the cattle should not be eating, like grains. They're looking at cattle are sick. How do we prevent them from getting sick? Let's develop a protein-specific vaccine and give that to the cattle. Hopefully, it'll reduce the paratuberculosis. Again, I want you to think about that for a second. Using cattle, as literal cattle, as lab rats, to experiment with vaccines. In this case, to help the cattle... But animal testing, with vaccines and other drugs, of course, is a very, very popular thing. With mice, 
with cows. Again, we get the idea of inoculation from cows, from cattle. We are doing the same types of experiments today. The USDA conducting this experiment last June. This was right around the time that the COVID-19 vaccine was making its rounds. The COVID-19 vaccine was being distributed at the same time the USDA was experimenting with a protein-specific vaccine that they were giving to cattle. Now, if you keep that in your mind for a second, you think about the history of inoculation, history of immunization, and how we're still using cows today to do the exact same thing. We're also using cows as a societal marker. When cows get sick and when cows die, we look at those cows and say, if they're sick with something, that could signify that there is some disease spreading and that disease might be transferred to humans, considering how much you know, humans rely on those cattle for, for food. Even though I think we have too much of a heavy reliance on animal agriculture, that's not the point to have that discussion. The point is we look at animals like cattle and decide, okay, they're sick. We need to see why they're sick to make sure that we don't get sick. But we also use cattle with these vaccine or protein vaccine experiments to determine if we can cure paratuberculosis or going back to the original inoculation, smallpox from cowpox. These proteins that they're isolating, very similar to the mRNA vaccine, don't you think? And now the National Geographic is telling us there are self-spreading vaccines that can be sprayed anywhere given to animals, given to humans. That's National Geographic, a contagious self-spreading vaccine. I'm going to tell you about that coming up in the next segment and what that means and what that implies in relation to the murrin of beasts here on The Secret Teachings. Stay with us. It's The Secret Teachings Radio, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, exclusively airing on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is The Secret Teachings Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the name and start listening today for free. But if you want to avoid those annoying ads, head on over to thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive. It's got old shows, new shows, and you can also download Ryan's digital books. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? The end of the world? If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of my research in your hands, visit our website and grab physical and digital copies of my books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, theology, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. And food philosophy might just change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Remember, shipping is always included with the books. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and get your copy today. The Secret Teachings is now on Gab and Getter. Search Ryan Gable on both to find the show or stick with The Secret Teachings in the Metaverse. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. 
Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny. We are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Do you have everything you need to explore The Secret Teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? Hey, this is Charlie Robinson, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is David Icke from DavidIcke.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio, broadcasting Monday through Friday, five nights a week. Check out our website at thesecretteachings.info. Email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. And check out the music tonight, as every night we play the same music, White Bat Audio. You can find them on YouTube. That's White Bat Audio. Imagine a cure that's as contagious as the disease it fights. A vaccine that could replicate in a host's body and spread to others nearby quickly and easily, protecting a whole population from microbial attacks. That's the goal of several teams around the world who are reviving controversial research to develop self-spreading vaccines. That's how a National Geographic article begins on March 18th, 2022, just a few days ago. Today, by the way, is March 30th, 2022. The controversial quest to make a contagious vaccine, a new technology aims to stop wildlife from spreading Ebola, rabies, and other viruses. It could prevent the next pandemic by stopping pathogens from jumping from animals to people. The researchers hope to reduce infectious disease transmission among wild animals, hopefully lowering the risk that these viruses, and bacteria can jump from wildlife to humans. The article says, Many experts believe this is what happened with SARS-CoV-2, the virus that caused the COVID-19 pandemic. Again, experts believed this is what happened, but they don't know for sure. And after two years, we still have no confirmation of what COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2 actually is. That is astounding, isn't it? Especially when the Centers for Disease Control reduced COVID-19 deaths by 70-plus thousand, saying it was an algorithm that made a mistake. Considering that the world has been 
prepared for a financial, economic, societal, cultural, etc. reset. Hundreds of millions thrust into poverty and starvation. Don't you think that you might want to have an accurate, provable reason for where SARS-CoV-2 came from and be able to absolutely prove without a shadow of a doubt that this is what caused people to die, that they didn't die of lifestyle decisions, they didn't die of heart disease and cancer and diabetes and unnecessary surgeries, iatrogenic disease. Maybe you want to have a better explanation than we believe this is what happened, but we're not really sure. That's not the point here. But this is how the narrative continues way beyond COVID-19. They still don't know where it came from officially. Whatever COVID-19 is or SARS-CoV-2 is, I think it's a biosynthetic marker. I think it was engineered in a lab. I don't think viruses necessarily cause disease. I think you can take something natural and engineer it genetically to be harmful when it's not otherwise harmful. It doesn't otherwise cause disease, and it's not in your body replicating in cells. It's attaching to your organs like the lungs or the heart, just like vaccines that cause myocarditis and pericarditis. It's targeting specific organs, and the symptoms you have from the targeting of those organs is what we call disease or side effects. Researchers predict, the article says, that climate change, biodiversity loss, and population growth will accelerate the spread of zoonotic diseases. The only problem with that is the population, as it continues to grow, is not overpopulating the planet. It's overcrowding. And when you get people that are crowded together, particularly in the undeveloped third world, you get lots of disease. It's not because of viruses. It's because of Poor sanitation, poor hygiene, lack of clean water, and lack of food, especially clean food. In fact, this was pointed out in an NBC News article a few days ago. We talked about this on the show. All these refugees coming out of Ukraine, they're being blamed for spikes of COVID-19 in Europe. And they say this is happening in Italy, the UK, Germany, etc. What they don't tell you is the UN estimated as of two weeks ago that there were about 3 million refugees. About a quarter million, somewhere in there, about a quarter million, we don't know for sure, went to Russia. A lot of the others went to Poland, Hungary, Moldova, etc. They didn't go to the UK, they didn't go to Italy. We were told that's why diseases are spreading there because of the refugees. We were also told in that NBC News article, as we discussed on this show, that as a result of these refugees, we're going to see an explosion in things like smallpox. I thought smallpox was eradicated. Apparently not. Apparently, even though you've got vaccines, even though smallpox has essentially been eradicated, not in places like India, though, It can come back when you live in filth. It can come back when you live in feces and squalor. So it's not the vaccine, it's the feces and squalor. That's what's causing these diseases like this. It's not population growth, certainly not climate change. 
The National Geographic says vaccines are a key tool for preventing diseases from spreading, but wild animals are difficult to vaccinate because each one must be located, captured, vaccinated, and released. Self-spreading vaccines offer a solution. Of course they do. They didn't exist. They were a conspiracy theory, but they've been experimenting with these self-replicating, self-spreading, contagious vaccines since 1999 when they conducted the first experiment on rabbits in Spain. Does Snopes tell you that? No. Does CNN tell you that? No. The National Geographic reports it, but they're like, well, it wasn't approved by the European Medicines Agency, so it never happened. Okay. National Geographic says advances in genomic technology and virology and a better understanding of disease transmission have accelerated work that began in the 1980s. So it goes back further than the 90s. They did the first study in 1999. But the research goes back to the 80s to, quote, make genetically engineered viruses that spread from one animal to another, imparting immunity to disease rather than infection. And one of the ways that they want to help eradicate diseases like Ebola and Lassa fever is by creating genetically modified self-spreading vaccines and putting them into animal populations. To me, that sounds like you've taken something natural, you've genetically engineered it, and then you've released it into an animal population. I don't know. It kind of sounds like gain-of-function research a little bit. It kind of sounds like something you do at a shady lab in a foreign hostile country like China. It kind of sounds like something you do on the doorstep of Russia in the Ukraine with biolabs that do exist. It kind of sounds like some shady stuff Peter Daszak is involved in with EcoHealth Alliance and DARPA and the Pentagon. It kind of sounds like some shady stuff that Barack Obama approved and that Bill Gates has invested billions into. Remember we told you a few weeks ago that Bill Gates back in 2008-2009, was financing Japanese research into genetically modified mosquitoes that would spread vaccines. And just a few days ago, two weeks ago, March 10th, The Hill reported millions of genetically modified mosquitoes to be released in Florida and California. The company Oxitec is responsible for this. Funny enough, Oxitec receives millions of dollars from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. But we can go back further. In 2021, Bill Gates funded the company, Oxitec, releasing gene-hacked mosquitoes from Futurism. They reported that. Millions of dollars to Oxitec. Here's 2015. GMO mosquito plan sparked outcry in Florida. They already released these mosquitoes in parts of Florida. Now they're acting like they're going to do it. 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 And everybody forgets. They're going to do it. They've already done it. They're just releasing them in new parts of Florida, in new parts of California. I told you this on The Secret Teachings in 2015. I was told by Keith Rowland of the Dark Matter Radio Network, don't talk about that. That's a conspiracy. That's not real. I want proof of that before you mention that on your radio show, Ryan. So I said, all right, Keith, here's your proof. And I sent him this article. And rather than telling me, I'm sorry, I doubted you, You look for sources of information before you open your mouth. Keith Rowland tells me, 
in a, and he listened to the show. He listened to every show because he, he didn't trust me. He thought that I was, I was going to curse or I was going to say something that, that him and Art Bell didn't like. But he knew my show got good ratings, so he kept it on the network. And he came back to me sarcastically and said, well, this to me sounds like a good idea if it can eradicate disease. Knowingly, hearing the show and the dangers of doing this, he sarcastically comes back and says that to me. This is the article. 2015, GMO mosquito plant sparks outcry in Florida. Keith was wrong. Bill Gates funded the company. Millions of mosquitoes now going to be released in Florida and California. They're going to do it for the first time. No, they're going to do it again. And again and again and again and again and again. I mean, hell, uh, I pulled up uh, genetically modified mosquitoes. University of Florida. The Aedes aegypti mosquito. Oxitex GM mosquito release in the Florida Keys. They already did this. Here's production of a transgenic mosquito as a flying syringe. That's transgenic mosquito as a flying syringe to deliver protective vaccine via saliva. This is from the Jiki Medical University in Japan. Hiroyuki Matuoka. Hiroyuki Mataoka of the Jiki Medical University in Japan will attempt to design a mosquito that can produce and secrete a malaria vaccine protein into a host's skin. The hope is that such mosquitoes could deliver protective vaccines against other infectious diseases as well. This is funded by, as you can see on the website, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation under awarded grants. Sending millions in 2008, to Jiki Medical University for this research, Hiroyuki Matsuoka. There it is. This, this stuff really pisses me off because I read this in 2015, all right? And I have a copy of this genetically modified mosquito report about the release of the mosquitoes in the Florida Keys, okay? This is from the University of Florida, and, and I read on the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation website, awarded grants, production of a transgenic mosquito as a flying syringe to deliver protective vaccine via saliva, and people look at me like a mouth breather and just go, uh, uh, no, that's a conspiracy theory. It's on their website. I didn't write this. I didn't fund this. I read this on the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation website. They funded transgenic mosquitoes, genetically modified mosquitoes that would spread a malaria vaccine via saliva, and they called them flying syringes. And I just get, uh, but Snopes said that's not true. Are you kidding me? This stuff's on their website. National Geographic. This article is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven pages. This cost me like a dollar in ink to print out on my printer here. Making a contagious vaccine. This is what Bill Gates has been financing and funding. This research goes back to the 1980s, not 2008 with the mosquitoes. And this isn't about using mosquitoes. This is about spraying a substance in the atmosphere that will affect animals, humans, 
insects, plants, trees, shrubs, lizards, you name it. But it's all to prevent disease. So literally, 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 let me preface this. I don't believe that bacteria and viruses necessarily cause disease as we know it. I think what we identify as a virus in particular is something the body excretes and that's something that is natural. In some cases, it might be an artifact on a slide under an electron microscope, but it's something natural. We are made sick from water, food, environment, and the mind. We are made sick by coming into contact with things that are polluting, that are noxious and toxic. A snake bite, for example. The original definition of a virus, like a snake bite, for example. So I don't necessarily believe that causes disease, but I do believe that you can genetically modify something that's natural, that brings toxins out of the body, and you can engineer it to introduce toxins into the body. We can do this in corn with the BT toxin. We could do this in humans. Part of this contagious vaccine that the National Geographic is talking about says they want to eradicate bovine tuberculosis. March 18, 2022. Go back to June of 2021. I read this to you earlier. Scientists serve up vaccine cocktail for protecting cattle from disease. They want to protect them from the mycobacterium avium sub paratuberculosis MAP or Jonas disease. In order to do that, rather than taking a live but weakened or dead MAP, they're taking proteins. These Agricultural Research Service scientists, Judy Stable and John Bannantyne, they're taking proteins from the bacterium and they want to put that into the cattle to inoculate them against tuberculosis or paratuberculosis. This is what the contagious vaccine is supposed to do. Get rid of bovine tuberculosis. In 2021, they're working on a protein-specific vaccine, in essence, an mRNA vaccine, to get the body used to producing these proteins to fight against this so-called infectious element. A year later, bovine tuberculosis is being looked at in relationship to contagious vaccines that could prevent and cure bovine tuberculosis. We're not looking at the source of the bovine tuberculosis. We're not looking at the source of the Ebola. We're not looking at the source of the Lassa fever. We're not looking at the source of SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19. We're just looking at the effects of what a particle we believe has on the body. So instead of focusing on the antibiotics and the feces and the stressful living conditions of these animals, let's look at protein-specific vaccines, mRNA vaccines, the USDA and the ARS already have developed. And let's go a step further Let's forget about the live and or dead weakened viruses. Let's forget about the protein-specific mRNA vaccines. Let's just jump to contagious vaccines. What is a contagious vaccine? A contagious vaccine is taking a particle, genetically modifying it in a laboratory, mixing it with other elements, and then releasing it into an animal population. That is literally the definition of -of gain-of-function research that was carried out in Wuhan and is carried out in other places like the Ukraine. This is what everybody's concerned about, and I think a lot of people have the wrong idea about this. I think a lot of people are still focused on the idea of germ theory. I think it's way simpler than that. 
It's not that a virus causes the disease, but you can take something natural, engineer it, and then release it as a biosynthetic weapon. Not to help people, but to hurt people. And because the public has been made so aware of attempts to use mRNA technology and to use genetically modified viruses and bacteria to spread disease, but it's supposedly to help people, but to spread disease and spread this with bat coronavirus research in China and Ukraine. National Geographic comes out. Scientists come out and they scramble. They're like, uh, 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 we're not using this technology to create biological weapons that are synthetic. We're using it to help people. We need to go back to the 80s and the 90s when we started experimentation. And when we did an experiment in 1999 with rabbits, with contagious vaccines, we need to go back to that because that can stop the fear of the mRNA vaccine. This could stop potential diseases before they start. Everybody gets a vaccine. It's like Oprah. Everybody gets a car. Everybody gets a contagious vaccine. It's spread everywhere. There's no consent to this. You don't get to opt out of it. It's everywhere. This tells me it's already being done. We were told, no, mRNA technology is too dangerous. They'll never approve that. SARS-CoV-2, emergency use authorization. Still can't find Comirnaty on the market. Still can't find Spikevax, the Pfizer-BioNTech, and the Moderna vaccines. You can just find the EUA. Can't find the actual approved vaccines, though. Within the next 48 hours, the next 55,000 documents have to be dumped from Pfizer and the FDA, by the way. Probably won't hear much about that. You'll hear, Russia bombed a school. Ukraine soldiers fought valiantly against the evil Russians. That's what you'll hear. You won't hear anything about this new 55,000-page data dump. You won't hear anything about the contagious vaccine. We're just moving rapidly ahead, aren't we? And we're testing these protein-specific vaccines on cattle. We're testing these mRNA vaccines on humans. What could go wrong? What could happen? I don't think it's necessarily a weapon system designed to kill. I think it's a weapon system designed to track and control. A contagious vaccine that spreads in the air is very similar to smart dust or neural dust or flying microchips, as they call them. Look it up. If you're interested in that, I have a whole section on it in my book, The Technological Elixir. This was just in the news last year. Flying microchips, smart dust, neural dust. Type in UC Berkeley 2016. Smart dust, a sprinkling of smart dust. This is everywhere in the news. It would be everywhere in the environment. 2021, just in September of 2021, flying microchips the size of a sand grain could be used for population surveillance. That is from the journal Nature, probably the most prestigious uh, medical science journal. Three-dimensional electronic microflyers inspired by wind-dispersed seeds. Yeah, they're just going to spray them everywhere. Like Ray Kurzweil said, nanobots will infuse all the matter around us with information. Rocks, trees, everything will become these intelligent creatures. Flying microchips. Microflyers. Ten days before that microflyer announcement in September, researchers at Brown University unveiled the Neurograin, a brain-computer interface. A brain-computer interface or the neurograin, flying microchips, smart dust, and neural dust. It's intelligent, evil dust. 
as Julian Assange said. Intelligent evil dust uh, scattered everywhere like, like confetti in everything. Intelligent, Intelligent evil dust, evil dust. Uh, scattered everywhere like, like confetti in everything. Intelligent evil dust spread everywhere, scattered everywhere like confetti in everything. Ray Kurzweil, these nanobots will be in everything. They'll be everywhere. Nanobots will infuse all the matter around us with information, rocks, trees, everything will become these intelligent computers. Contagious vaccines. We're just trying to stop bovine tuberculosis. The Agricultural Research Service experimenting on cattle. We're just trying to stop the cattle from getting sick. No investigation into why they're sick. Just let's stop them from getting sick. Let's reverse the natural organic systems. Let's alter them even more. Let's not use live but weakened or dead viruses. Let's use protein-specific things to create antigens that will help the body fight against these diseases. The body's reaction to poisoning and toxins and noxious substances, the original definition of a virus. And now they're just going to go further. That was in 2021. Now they're going to go further. Let's just eradicate bovine tuberculosis, Ebola, Lassa fever, etc. with contagious vaccines. And what do you know? Bill Gates and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation funded researchers in Japan to do this in 2008 with mosquitoes that are genetically modified, genetically engineered to spread through a flying syringe, they call them, a malaria vaccine. They're doing it with genetically modified insects, and they're doing it with contagious vaccines that can be sprayed like Neural dust, neurograins, flying microchips, smart dust, and the like. That's the digital plague. We are the beasts. The murrain of beasts is the pestilence, the plague that God laid on Egypt. And as we look to Egypt on the spring equinox, we see that red pillar of light. In the Bible, the red pillar of light, the red pillar of fire, led the Israelites across the desert out of captivity. And the Jews celebrate that with their Passover. What is in two weeks the Passover? The Exodus story includes the story of the murrain of beasts. We've got the USDA experimenting with protein-specific quote-unquote vaccines. They're not really vaccines on cattle. We know that the original inoculations came from cattle. We know that cattle are markers for disease. They're markers for experimentation. This is where the mill lab theory comes from, that perhaps cattle are being experimented on, they are being abducted, they are having their body parts removed surgically, expertly, and they're being studied to see what new drugs or what new vaccines might have on these animals. And now a contagious vaccine being developed. A contagious vaccine that can be spread through the air. We have lots and lots of cattle mutilations all across the country. We also know that research has been conducted on cow-generated antibodies against Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. That's the original, you know, SARS as we know it, MERS, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. That research was conducted by SAB Biotherapeutics at a lab in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Before the animals were released with the antibodies in their blood, the cows received a starter immunization, a DNA vaccine based on a portion of the virus's genome that preps their immune system. Then the injection with the spike protein that serves as the virus's 
password to cells. This has been done with cattle. This is now being done in humans. SAB Biotherapeutics in South Dakota has done it. Agriculture Research Service and the USDA have done it. And now we're just moving on to contagious vaccines spread through the air. The murrain of beasts is us. We are the plague. We are the pestilence. And the great reset, or the great setup, as I call it, is the solution to this problem. In a technological sense, the plague is a digital plague, a technological plague, unleashed by the new gods of silicone or graphene valley to call the population and to bring us into service to the new gods, the new AI synthetic systems. Cattle are the lab rats. We are the lab rats. We are the murian of cattle. The pestilence and the disease of the beasts. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please subscribe to our archive. Please purchase my books. Please support this show. rdgable at yahoo.com www.thesecretteachings.info Grab one of our t-shirts on TeePublic. Check us out on Patreon. Pro and Water Filters, our affiliate. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. And we will talk to you on the next broadcast.